Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcatcher, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us or leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at SpoilerCountry at gmail.com. Join the cult to the Spoilerverse, and welcome back. To spoiler country. I'm Kenner Vegan. That's Mr. Horsley. And today on the show, well, it's Rick Walteri, isn't it? Again, for t- try number two with us. Yeah, I know. He's a glutton for punishment. He is. Well, <laughs> well see, this time I was on the show, so it was much better for and him. And you spoke. I did. Although there's a section in the middle where I'm not speaking because I had to go take care of some stuff with the kids, but I'm on most of it. <laughs> yeah, well, you listen to most of it. You speak. For like a total of maybe five minutes. Oh, well, I thought it was more than that. Damn it. <laughs> Not much more. I mean, maybe it is a little bit more. You'll find out. But you have some poignant parts where you're you're pretty funny and you make, you know, I mean. I may only t- speak a little bit, but I speak the important lines. Yeah. Yeah. This was a, a, <laughs> this was a lot of fun. Uh, it is kind of funny because the amount of stuff we talk about. It, okay. There's a ton of stuff that we talk about, right? Like here, we talk about Tome of Bill, his books, and Bill of the Dead, False Icons, Godzilla versus King Kong, Star Wars, Last Jedi, Leah's Space Scene, Stephen King, Maximum Overdrive, King Steen's Comedy Horror Stuff, Sam Raimi, Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, Evil Dead 2, Jaws, The Revenge, JFK Assassination, Swamp Thing, Animated Harley Quinn, Titans, DC Universe, CW, DC Animated, Justice League, Dark, <laughs> Batman, Killing Joke. These are just some of the things. Alan Moore, uh, Too Much Batman, his uh, Goosebumps for Adults version called The Sh- Shingles, which he does with his, uh, his, his crew over there at his podcast, Authors and Dragons, which I highly suggest anybody go check out. Um, it just goes on and on. We talk, but the funny thing is, even though that all sounds <laughs> random, it all flows. You know what I mean? You'll, you'll hear... Right. It's all giant chunks of uh, overarching conversation, so it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I just want to say I know you're. We, we, we can tell you're reading from a list here and autocorrect it because instead of saying Leia's space scene, you said Leia's space scene because you're. That's oh yeah, it's Leia's space scene. You know what's the worst is he, <laughs> I'm, saying, did, I'm trying not to laugh while you're reading, but oh god, <laughs> <you should. laughs> that's okay. And during the interview, if you guys will point it, if if you listen carefully, there's a there's a section in the interview where I say. Uh, well, you're writing goosebumps. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I remember that. I, let's not make people think I'm writing goosebumps because we all love R.L. Stein. <laughs> yeah, right. And I was like, oh, I'll edit that out. But I'm like, I'm leaving it in. Yeah, no, no it's staying. <laughs> it's too funny because like, they have that great uh, set of books that him and his buddies are doing called Shingles. And they look like goosebumps. Basically, I mean, they are, they're goosebumps for adults, but. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a lot of fun. But. I'm rambling here, so why don't we just get in and listen to Rick in his own words? Perfect. 
we're back and we're set we're set up for a second try at this with with Mr. Rick Gualteri. Uh you know him from Vampire Bill, uh the Tome of Bill. He's got a new series out in the same vein called Bill the Dead. Rick, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me back. So uh, I had a great time last time. So uh, when you reached out and you're like, "Hey, you want to want to do this again?" I was just like, "Yeah." <laughs> I really, I, I have no agenda today. When I reached out to you, I was like, I really like talk with Rick. We, 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 we talk to each other every once in a while on uh, Twitter, instant messaging. And then of course, just through social media. So I was like, I gotta, I'm just going to ask you to come on and, and then we'll just shoot the shit because why not? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, you know, something I, I find those are, those are the easiest because, uh, you know, otherwise you go on and you're like, okay, what was that thing I was supposed to plug? Oh, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> but you got, but let's let's do a little plug because I love your work. Uh, I've been reading, I read the the Bent series, and I think you have a new one that just came out or is coming out, and I can't wait to to read that one. I love the lady that you have reading that series. I think she's done a, a wonderful job for the vo- for the uh, narration. And then you have. Tome of Bill, or I'm sorry, that's that series is done. You finished that story, Bill of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, a, I have a couple things that are out. And you have going. what? Two books out for Bill of the Dead or three books? All right, so I have two novels out, and then I have kind of a prequel novella that, like, you know, if uh, if people join up my mailing list on my mailing list, they they can get a hold of that. It's it's kind of it takes place maybe about six months before Bill of the Dead starts. It's really just to kind of fill in some blanks. But uh, if people don't oh, don't nice. do that, it's uh, you know it's it doesn't really affect anything. It's just more. It's just like you know some some extra content. And hey, yeah. I'm so glad somebody yeah, you did that with Vampire Bill too. Where you had some side stories. Yeah, <laughs> someone's having fun. <laughs> well, yeah. In fact, actually, I'm going to be doing some more of those with uh, with Bill of the Dead. I started. Uh, I'm starting a, si- a a spinoff called Bill of the Dead Adventures. So they're kind of like they're shorter novellas told from the point of view of like different characters within that world, and it's meant to just kind of flesh it out a bit. So I have two of those written already. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm trying yeah. to trying to get a third finished before I start launching those. Oh, that'd be awesome! That'd be awesome. When um, how, do you have a planned set of books for the for the new series, or are you just going until you feel like it's uh, needed to wrap it up? I kind of liked the amount I had for the first one. I think like you know, I think seven yeah. to ten books is a good series length. And I think I said this last time. I don't like I don't like ongoing, never ending series because eventually I just get bored and I and I jump out. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'd rather there be like an arc or so, and then hey, if the person wants to do like you know a sequel series, um, and I understand why people kind of do on, ongoing series because uh, you know one, you know they they probably enjoy writing the character or so. Two, the character probably makes some money, and three, Amazon's yeah. uh, let, let's be perfectly honest from a business standpoint, Amazon's uh, algorithms kind of favor you to keep to keep that going. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, I mean, I mean. There, there's no doubt in my mind that if I had made Bill of the Dead one instead of that, if I had done, if I'd made it the Tome of Bill Part Nine, um, it probably, I mean, yeah. it sold sold well as it was. Don't get me wrong, but it probably would have sold more because it would have kicked those algorithms and Amazon and been like, hey, there's more of this series. But I don't like doing things like right. that just for the sake of like massaging like algorithms and crack crap. I kind of like you know, 
Bill of the Dead is a whole different series, a whole different story arc. There's some of the same characters, yep. but there's new characters, and I'm like, it's not this. It's not the Toma Bill. It's a, a whole new start. Yeah, I like that. I, I I like how you're doing it. It's it's a lot of fun, and, and you know what? The nice thing about the way you're doing it too, it's easy for somebody to jump in. You know, if they haven't read uh, the Toma Bill, they don't have to go back and read all seven or eight books. They can they you can keep going with just Bill of the Dead if you wanted to, because you do a good job of you know catching everybody up at the very beginning of the first book. Right. I'm glad to hear that. Although, just for the record, if they want to go back and read the all the all the other books, I will not argue. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> please do you should actually i tell johnny all the time i said you need to get into these books because you're gonna because one i just know your writing style he's gonna love it right from the from the get-go you know and the way you start bill the dead or uh, not bill the dead i'm sorry vampire bill with him in the coffin in the hearing of the heartbeat i you know that was brilliant so it's, it's that got me at, as soon as i started reading that and the way that you presented that first the first five pages, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm hooked. <laughs> oh, thank you. Pre- appreciate, appreciate that. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So what else is going on in, in, in the world of Rick? Okay, well, today I'm going to be putting up another book for uh, pre-order. Um, nice. It's, uh, it's called Wannabe Wizard, and it's uh, book two in uh, the False Icon series that I write with uh, Ari Carr. And it actually takes place in the same universe as uh, Bill the Vampire. So you could call yeah. it kind of a spin-off series, although it it's mostly centers on completely different characters or so. But there's 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 Easter eggs and like, you know, there's a couple uh couple cameos and stuff in it. So the first book in that came out uh Would you Yeah. Would you classify uh that book, the false icon series, would you classify it as a as a young like a young readers kind of style? Yeah, I don't like to classify anything I do as young adult. <laughs> I don't know why. I think I have I I have like a hang up about like you know being being labeled a young adult author. Yeah, I will. I don't blame I, you. Like, I, here's the thing: the protagonist in it is 16. That said, yeah. she's kind of dumped into a world where there's a lot of like you know not so wonderful stuff going on. So it's kind of one of those. If you look at only, as YA as okay, the age of the protagonist. Yeah, I guess you could call it YA. If you look at YA as in oh they're going to hold back and, right. only, and only nice things are going to happen. Uh, no. <laughs> right. Well, you 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 tend to see you, you have a tendency of of killing characters off. So. Uh, I I don't presume anything. <laughs> well, it's it's not a tendency to kill gar- characters off. It's just, uh, you know, I guess I kind of subscribe a little to the Quentin Tarantino model, um, which is that, uh, you know, sometimes yeah. you want to throw a surprise in there and sometimes there's no better th- surprise than, oh, you know, you th- you thought this you thought this person was going to be around for a while. Oh, no, no, no. And sometimes that just punches you in the gut <laughs> that much more. Yeah, yeah. Is it? When you go, if you're gonna, if you are gonna make that decision, is it hard sometimes, depending on the character that you choose that needs to, you know, be let go? I, I, I've I've read of like some writers like you know like 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 bursting into tears over it and stuff, and I'm like I don't quite go that far. I do feel bad if it's a character I like and I kind of have to like say goodbye, but uh, you know, if 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 their time has come, their time has come, and. And I have I have also been known to give characters uh, reprieves. Um, there's there's one character who made it all the way through Tome of Bill, um, almost to the end, um, who I was actually going to kill in book three. But like you know, as I was writing book three, I was just having too much fun, and I was just like, nah, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> they got to live. They got to go a little longer. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I think it comes down to how much they're if they're amusing me me then I'm going to keep them around because if I'm having too much fun writing them then it's kind of one of those yeah I'll fi- I'll find a way to lick you know to uh, to make you live but in a lot of cases it really just comes down to you know I've often said that Bill's world is a comedy because you're looking at it from Bill's perspective from any other person's perspective it could it could easily just be like bloodthirsty horror and because of that right. you know terrible things happen <laughs> This is true. This is true. Man. So when we talked last time, you and I had a plan. We were going to watch because Godzilla was announced then for the um, Godzilla versus King Kong. When you and I were talking, it was the release date that was unofficial but thought of was in April Hmm. of 2020. Obviously, that didn't happen. I don't think they've even or I don't think they're even done shooting it yet. Maybe they are. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, My, the most the I've newest seen, thing I, I looked up today. Go oh ahead. God. No, go ahead. Oh, oh, I was just gonna say that I I looked it up today, and they're saying November, twenty twenty now. Yeah, I think the most I've seen, I've seen like a little bit of grainy, like you know, like 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 film footage uh, that, like you know, that I think like leaked uh, leaked out from like last year's Comic Con or so. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm like I'm like dying here. I'm like because I know a lot of people didn't like. King of the Monsters, and those people are welcome right. to their wrong opinions. I liked it. Because <laughs> I thought King of the Monsters <laughs> exactly. was awesome. So did I. It hit all the beats. There's very, yeah, I was going to say, there's very little about it that I don't like. It's like the monsters, the designs of it, it's it's not like typical Hollywood where they're like, oh, we're going to redesign it. We're going to redesign it, like, you know, and you do our whole artistic, uh, like, you know, you know, license bullshit. They basically said, okay, right. we're going to make these look like, you know, big budget versions of the monsters you grew up watching on Toho. And they succeeded. It's awesome. Yeah. And like, yes, the, 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 who cares about the human characters? You know, they're watchable. It's fun. They're mostly just insects, but it's mostly just the monsters <laughs> just destroying the crap out of things. And it is just glorious to watch. <laughs> I love it. You're in the same mindset as me. I was like, I started watching it and I was just giddy. I was giddy when King Ghidorah came out of the ice. I was like, "Oh my god, he looks so much like the actual King Ghidorah of, in the 1960s." I love this. Yeah. I I watched it when it came when it finally get made it to video. I guess we're not. It's kind of weird that we say video still, but when it finally made it to video, uh, I probably I think I watched it like five times within two weeks. I was just like, oh, this is so awesome. And then it became my background movie for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 still, I still use it as a background I'm movie. I'm working. Let's put this on. You know, they have it on HBO now. So every so often, like, you know, I, I have the Roku upstairs. So I'll just like put on like that. And I'll be like, oh, there's nothing on. I'll just watch Godzilla again. <laughs> and, you know, did you, did you hear the rumor is that Monarch in the movie Monarch is building Mecha Godzilla? Yes, I've heard that. And I, I think it's more so than a rumor since, it, since I've already seen like pictures of toys for it. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. So that means you think, I wonder if he's going to be in it or if he's going to show up at the end to set up the next movie. I don't see. I don't, I, I, that I don't know. The only problem, the only thing that makes me nervous about these movies is from what I hear, they're not like, you know, they're not bringing in the billions of dollars that like, you know, that uh, apparently legendary was hoping for. So that's the only thing that makes me nervous. And it's, it, it's, yeah, that it's like, People go watch these damn movies, you know. You're spending money on Rise of Skywalker. Go watch Godzilla instead. 
<laughs> right? At least you'll be entertained. <laughs> you know something? You know, I apologize if you guys are major Star Wars fans, but you know something? I'll say this no. about Godzilla. At least you don't have to read the novelization to get all the major, like, you know, plot points that the movie just, like, you know, just glosses over. Right. Exactly. Exactly. No, we're not. I, I mean, we have. Uh, I like Star Wars because how do you be forty five and not at least have an appreciation for Star Wars and what it what it is and what it represents? But I'm not by any stretch a fanboy. I I could take it or leave it. I the mean, only one I really truly love is Empire. I mean, my whole thing. My whole thing is I can be the biggest fan in the world, but I try to be objective. You know. Yeah. If you put out like a, a movie series that I love, and you put out a, a stinker in that movie series. I'm not gonna pretend. I'm not gonna pretend that that turd is like filet mignon. <laughs> you know, I still maintain that like that last Jedi, Jedi is all but unwatchable. Yeah, yeah. It's for me. It's the Luke scene. You know, I, I like the scene when he's fighting at the end, but I hated the whole the way they killed him off. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. For me, it's the whole thing. That movie is just a whole big cluster. Yeah. Like Last Jedi, I, I tried watching it again, give me another chance, and. Because my buddy's a huge Star Wars fan, and he like, like, oh, you have to watch, you have to give it a chance, and I, wa- I gave it a chance, and it's just, it's just not good. Yeah. Like, the second time I watched it, I will say I liked it a little bit more than the first time, but there's so many, like, you know, just, like, just, like, what bothers me most is just Laura Dern's character, who's just, comes out of nowhere, and is essentially, just might as well have, like, a sign around her neck, and spoilers, sorry, guys, but that just says, hi, I am a character introduced to die. <laughs> <laughs> right it's so crazy or like the whole like the leia scene which is super leia yeah. and, and just so much of that movie makes no sense to yeah me. The- uh, dude the leia scene when she goes out sucks out into space i'm like okay you guys did the whole cgi this is a great way for her character to actually die it's all heroic mm-hmm. it's over the you know what i mean it has all this stuff it has all the elements this is great and then she like opens her eyes and flies back in i'm like oh my god you guys just that's like jumping the shark yeah. Full on, you know what I mean? I was yeah. like, oh, this is terrible. Yeah, you're right. I mean, because here's the thing. If they, if she had died in that scene, that would have been a tragic death. And it would have been it would have been horrible. But at the same time, it would have been yep. like, you know, it would have been like, holy crap, I can't believe they did did this. You know, now I'm interested in seeing what, and, and instead it just yeah. comes across as like, okay, here's just a, here's just a cheap out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what, that's exactly how I felt. I'm like, this would have been perfect. Oh, you guys just totally cheesed on this. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, it, I don't. I want to like him, you know, because I love J.J. Abrams. I was a huge fan of. Oh God, what's the name of that shit? Now that I'm saying, it, I'm a huge fan, and I can't remember the name of the TV show. That's just great. The one with the, uh, <laughs> the FBI. No, not Lost. I never got into Lost, but the, she's the FBI agent. Alias? Huh? No, not Alias. Um, are you sure with Jennifer Garner? No, Fringe. Thank you. Yeah, the friend. There you go. So I don't think J.J. Abrams actually he he produced it, hmm. and I think he directed the first episode. Well, J.J. Abrams apparently, from what I hear, he has a bit of a rep of like not being able to like bring things home. Like good storyteller, oh, really? good, good like you know, good storyteller, good director, but it's like, and I, and, you know, apparently some some people just 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 can't stick the landing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's his. Maybe that's his problem. Yeah, no, mind, mean, no, mind, mind you, I'm talking big here. I've never directed a Star Wars film, so I'm so I'm definitely armchair armchairing it here. So <laughs> take that take that as you will, you know. 
you know, was, what, was, what was that? Right? Uh, like, well, like, what didn't that happen to Stephen King? Like, you know, when he was like, you know, talking about all these directors screwing up his movies, and then he finally got a chance with like Maximum Overdrive, and I think that was kind of his like, okay, I'll just oh, shut God. up moment. <laughs> right, I loved Maximum Overdrive when it first came out. Mm-hmm. You know, on well, I was too young to see it in the theater, but I saw it uh, on video. My my buddy's older brother rented it. And I remember watching, I was like, this is so cool because the concept of what was going on. But I was like, what was, when did it come out? Like 86? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So I was like 12. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that movie is made for like a 12, 13-year-old, you know? Yeah. And, <clears throat> and I don't know. I watched it. I liked it. But then I, then I, I was like, man, I remember the scene where the, uh, the soda pop hits the guy in the groin and then hits him in the head. And I mm-hmm. thought that was so funny. And the kid getting run down by the lawnmower. I thought that was so cool. And then I went back and watched it like five years ago. I was like, what was I thinking? Yeah, there, there are definitely so some, bad. <laughs> there are definitely some movies that do not age well. <laughs> and here's That's the thing. Like that, like that movie is almost kind of like a spoof or like, you know, kind of like, you know, like a dark comedy kind of works. But yeah, yeah when you watch it as, as like pure horror, it's kind of like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I think, that's, I think you hit it right there. If he would have made it more of a comedy, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it would have been funny, I, I think that probably would have done a lot better. But I think he tried to make a serious horror film out of a just, you know, something that wasn't really plausible in 1986. Yeah, the reality is Stephen King is really fun. Like some of the humor in his books is like some of the best parts. Yeah. Like he, he is a master of like, you know, of like, you know, of ratcheting up and down of like basically saying, OK, you know, I'm just I'm just going to hit you hard. Now, here's a light scene that's like, you know, that's that's pretty hilarious. Like, like, <laughs> honestly, like everybody kind of like, you know, talks, calls him the master of horror, but he's actually more the master of horror comedy. If you, if you like, you know, step back and like, you know, just look at like, you know, what he does in, in a lot of his books. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe yeah. not, maybe, maybe your... not as, maybe not as hard, hard to comedy as they say, like an army of darkness, but he's a lot of his stuff pretty much cross like toes that line. I love army of darkness. That's such a great movie. That's who you should direct oh, Vampire yes. Bill, dude. Sam, Sam Raimi. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, I, will, I will just say this: there, there is no universe, you know, where, where if they came to me and said, "Hey, Rick, we want to make, we want to make Bill the Vampire into a movie. We want Sam Raimi to direct," you know, there, there is, there is no universe. Like, like even like you know, if, if it's like a week after, it's like, oh, Sam Raimi is just convict, convicted of like you know of uh, of like of. of of throwing orphans in a blender. There is still no way I'm saying no. <laughs> orphans in a blender. <laughs> Jesus. Orphan blender killer, Sam Raimi to direct vampire Bill. You guys heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, let's do this. <laughs> oh my God. That would be awesome. What are the best Sam Raimi movies? I mean, is it evil dead Two? I even like I love Dark Man, Army of Darkness, and what, Spider-Man oh, Two. Spider-Man Two is awesome. Oh, I still think I still contend that's between that and and the and the first Superman that Richard Donner did. I think those are those are my two favorite superhero movies of all time. Yeah, but you know what? That that's the great thing about Sam Raimi is he can work with whatever budget you give him. Yeah, you you give him twenty yeah. bucks, he he will make Evil Dead two and like make it work. You give him a hundred million, right. he will make Spider Man two and make it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think those are probably my favorite. Did you ever watch Dark Man with Liam Neeson? Oh, of course. It's a it is a brutal movie if you like you know some scenes. Yeah, it's but it's a hidden gem. Like a lot of people don't. 
I think they're just not, I don't know. A lot of people don't know about it. They, unless they're like, I worked in a video store when that came out. So I watched that one a bunch of times. I love that movie as a kid. I watched it when, um, on a video when it came out. My dad brought it home and it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. They did a dark man too. And they had the guy that played the mummy was the main character because Liam Neeson didn't come back for it. Yeah, I think they made like four Darkmans or something. Did they really? Yeah, there, there's like there's like. Did Raimi only do the first one? Though, I'm pretty right? sure he, he only didn't do the, the other one. ones. Yeah, they made a lot of them, but the first one the first one's by far the best. I think I need to go back and watch that. I think I will. <laughs> we should put a review up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of those. That's one of those like you know, almost kind of like the Jaws series, where like you know, you watch the first one and it's great, and then like you can you can just you can just feel the disappointing the disappointment as you get further and further in. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> the razor blade is getting closer to my yeah. wrist as I watch each one. <laughs> yeah, it's like where, where you at the end of it, you almost want to be like, how do you go from this to that? Like, how do you go from Jaws to Jaws the Revenge? Like, in what universe <laughs> does any of that make sense? Where, where Jaws, like, where the, the shark follows them to the Caribbean. <laughs> and roars. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so bad. But, uh, you know, there is at least this- one gem out of that. I just love, have you ever heard that Michael Caine quote from it? Where they asked him, they asked him about like you know Jaws the Revenge, and he was uh-uh. he was like, I've never watched the movie. He's like, but the house the the check from it bought is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic Michael Caine move right yeah. there. <laughs> how many actors are? I wonder how many movies he actually watches of himself, or if he's one of the people that just don't watch anything that he does. Well, I think I think him and like Kevin Bacon are are basically those those we have talent. You know, we're doing probably a job we love, but they're they're mercenaries. They're like they're like, hey, if you give us a paycheck, we'll show up and give you what you, what you need. <laughs> Which is, I don't think there's anything I don't think there's anything wrong with it. <laughs> I don't think anything's wrong with that. I think you got to keep you get you got to keep working. Mm-hmm. I mean, there wouldn't be a game for six degrees of Kevin Bacon if he didn't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> the funny thing with that game is all you got to do is think of uh, JFK. And like everybody's in that movie, and you could probably tie <laughs> Kevin Bacon like two moves. Hmm. I haven't seen that movie in a while. Oh, you haven't? I no. I, I saw. I watched, I love it, that I watched movie. it once years back. I, 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 I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, I loved that movie when it came out, and I watched it a bunch of times on video. Uh, but then I read more about JFK, and he just embellished, which you do. I mean, I mean, you're watching a movie, you got to embellish some, but he. There's so many connections that it kind of ruined it for me. That's an Oliver Stone movie, right? It is. Yeah, and, it is. And he he does that all. He from what I hear, he does that all the time with this, with this stuff. It's like you, you yeah. You, well, you, you got to go into an Oliver Stone movie with like a green, like you know that that is especially one that's proclaiming to be about hist- real historical events with a grain of with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, it's a total. Yeah, exactly. Because the the only coolest thing about that movie that I always I always thought was neat was. When they're going down the steps uh, of a cap- of a Capitol building, I don't know which one, uh, but they just got out of court and they're talking to the judge as they're going down the steps. Mm-hmm. That's the original Warren guy that created the the whole Warren report that they talk about throughout the whole movie. That Kevin Costner's character. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the actual guy from the <clears throat> that did everything. That's and cool. I thought it was I thought it was cool that they had him on there. He's, he's 
tall, imposing man. I was like, oh my god. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I was so set because I think I was twenty two, twenty three when that movie came out, and I was so set on thinking, oh man, this is this is what happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like I I bought into the conspiracy whole heart and singer. I think that's why I loved it so much. And then when you start thinking for yourself, like usually around thirty. Uh, <laughs> I started reading up on it and then who did a, somebody did an expose on the whole uh, lone gunman theory and they just kind of blew it out of the water. And I, and I look, if you look at three or the, uh, the government conspiracy to kill JFK and they, when you, when you, um, look at all the facts and you pull it all together, you could go either way. I mean, if you're going to sit there and tell me somebody shot him from behind the grassy knoll and you wholeheartedly believe that and you can look at all these things that happened, then then okay, I'm not going to argue with you. You know what I mean? I believe that Lee Harvey Oswald acted on his own and shot the guy. They even had a guy recreate the whole thing and was able to do the same shots pretty easily, actually, from where he was at. Hmm. But it's it's interesting, you know. I, you know, there's no there's no shame going into like you know a movie like that and like you know and and just being like okay maybe this stuff happened. I think there's a lot more shame if if say like you go into like Michael Bay's Pearl Harbor and be like yeah man this is the way it actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's what are you talking about? That wasn't historically accurate. <laughs> he just blew my mind. Damn it. <laughs> I don't know. I. Movies are weird, man. They they shape so much of how we look at the world and society and they have there's a lot of impact in those things. And sometimes I love like I'm I really like historical fiction, mm-hmm. but understanding that it's actually historical fiction, that what you're watching might be more of a period piece than any actual event. Yeah, it's like like it's like watching a movie when you start it off and it says based based on actual events, and uh, right. You, you, then you, I don't you, believe you, any of it. Right? Yeah, you, yeah, you know to take that with a heavy grain of salt. In fact, actually, what was that? I was watching. I've been on a Bigfoot horror <laughs> kick on uh, Amazon Prime Video, and a couple of them have started with that. It's like based on based on historical events. I'm like, okay, well, you know, consider considering this entire group is getting their arms ripped off by Sasquatch. I'm going to assume they're going a little bit. Uh, they're 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 taking a little bit of liberty. <laughs> uh, how many Bigfoot movies have you watched? Oh my god, I've 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 in total I don't know because I know uh, I know a couple years back I did I did this I did this the same thing where I just sat down with Amazon and I just typed in Bigfoot into the search term and I just made my way through every lousy video every movie they had and I've been doing it again so I've probably gone through a couple dozen of like. Bigfoot horror movies, and uh, I would say of that couple dozen, eighty percent just just starts like fork to the eye worthy. <laughs> That's funny. I I should watch some of those. Did you watch the uh, the the uh, Sam Elliott? No, the man I ha- who shot J- killed JFK and Bigfoot. I I am I am forced to say that uh, I have begun cheap with it, and every time I see it, it's like oh, rent it for a couple bucks, and I'm like, I'm waiting for this, I'm waiting for them to just hand, hand this to me. <laughs> so yes, I'm being cheap with that one. I, I do want I do want to watch it, but uh, you know, I'm I'm holding on to my shuckles. <laughs> yeah, I want to. I kind of want I want to watch it too. I keep seeing it, and the title is is so awesome that that the title alone makes you want to watch it. You know, one that I would recommend watching 
if you really are in the mood for the absolute god-awful worst movie, uh, they have one out there called Bigfoot vs. Zombies. And this Bigfoot vs. Zombies, it it plays into a theory I have, which is the cooler the monster looks for a Bigfoot movie, the cooler the monster looks on the poster, the more awful the suit will be in, like, you know, in the movie itself. Right. And I'm just going to say, Bigfoot Puts for Zombies has a really awesome poster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> we, should put a, we should put a review up on it, Johnny. <laughs> Have you, did you watch Swamp Thing with, mm-hmm. uh, uh, with oh, what's his name? The guy from Six Million Dollar Man. That was my first. That was my first foray into Swamp Thing. I loved that movie as a kid. I tried watching it uh, like a year ago. I, mm. I I couldn't make it past. Oh, what scene was it? When I don't know when Adrian Barbeau was in the in the swamp and he picks her up, and I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> this isn't as cool as I remember. Yeah, so, some movies are some movies. They're evergreen, and some are definitely period pieces where it's just like. Yeah, it's probably best if we never go back and watch this again. <laughs> right? It gets too much. <laughs> oh my god. I I'm hoping like they just announced that they're going to rerun the whole first season of Swamp Thing from DC Universe on the CW. Well, that's cool cuz uh you know, I've been I've been kind of split on getting DC Universe cuz uh most of the shows I don't really care about, but I've caught a few episodes yeah. of Harley of the Harley Quinn cartoon and it is the funniest freaking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh Kaylee Cuoco does a great job as being Harley Quinn hmm. and it is super funny. Yeah. I, I think my favorite character on there is King Shark. Uh, the ent- the entire cat like DC has made so many boneheaded moves in the last couple of years that whoever like greenlit that and said, "Oh yeah, okay, let's do an R-rated Harley Quinn cartoon." It, it, they 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 should they should definitely get all the bonuses. <laughs> Give them all the money. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they did a great. I I love that. I I have the DC Universe app. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, Titans is 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 a is a decent show for what it is. It's it's it's. Contemporary, obviously, and it's on. It's kind of like a. That's the word. It's 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 like a. It reminds me of a CW of one of the CW shows, but with language, mm-hmm. more violence, and a little bit more edge to it. Mm. You know. Yeah, it's like, like if you took. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was I was gonna say it's like yeah, DC Universe and like and CBS All Access. They both have shows on it that I kind of watch, but. At the same time, yeah. I'm kind of like, okay, there's only so many channels I'm going to pay for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got the DC Universe as soon as it came out. I should have waited because <laughs> they didn't have a lot when it first launched. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now they have quite a bit. They have like all the DC animated. Like I feel like the DC animated universe is is really good. Like they did a good job, but they just wrapped up the whole thing with the dark. Uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, which is weird. I don't know why they call it Justice League Dark because the only a- aspect of it being out of the Dark League was Constantine was on it. Hmm. Other than that, it was all the other Justice League people. Huh. That's kind of makes no sense, but okay. <laughs> yeah. It was just kind of weird. It was like, okay, why'd you guys call this? Why not just Justice League Apocalypse Dark? I mean, I mean, yeah, Constantine is the main focal point of the movie, 
as a whole, but I don't know. It was weird. I was like, okay, this is weird, but right on. <laughs> it, it was cool though. I liked it. The only the only DC. Have you watched any of the DC animated movies? Um, I haven't watched any of the of the more recent ones. I know I know Batman Killing Joke is on Netflix, and uh, I keep meaning to watch it, but at the same time, like you know, yeah. I've seen enough of it to make me be like, uh, I'm not really sure. I actually want to commit to it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't blame you. Have you? Did you? Were you a fan of the the comic book? Uh, yeah. I mean, I was a fan of the comic book. What I wasn't a fan of was that because uh, the from what I understand, the comic book was supposed to be kind of like almost kind of like a one off Elseworlds thing, you know. And then they kind of like and then they kind of like you know incorporated it all into like you know into the main story. I wasn't a big fan of that, um, and there was a reason for it a couple of years back, but I can't remember now. <laughs> Not really, not really enough to hold on to a grudge for. Yeah, but yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I liked Killing Joke. He <laughs> didn't want to hold on to a grudge for a comic book for for yeah, thirty I, years. Yeah, Come I on, know. yeah, I know. Go figure. <laughs> what kind of comic book fan are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I liked. I don't know when I was when Killing Joke came out. I didn't have a concept of who Alan Moore was. Mm-hmm. Right, I didn't. I didn't have any idea who he was, and. I just read the book and I thought it was cool because it was, you know, and to me it was in the same vein as Dark Knight Returns with mm-hmm. Frank Miller, super violent yep. and over the top. And I thought it was cool. But now as I've gotten older, the some of the stuff was just so unneeded in that book. Even Alan Morris said he, he, he doesn't like that book, which I thought was interesting. And then when I watched the movie, um, I liked the movie for the for, for parts of it, but it was weird. They They... I don't. I don't understand if it's supposed to be in the same universe as Batman the animated series from the early '90s, or if it's just a one-off animated movie as well. Maybe Johnny knows. I mean, in a way, it would kind of almost make sense because, like the whole the whole Batgirl Batman uh, romance plot is kind of is kind yeah. of like, ugh. but at the same time, if you watch Batman Beyond. Barbara Gordon heavily hints that like that like yeah we 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 totally did it you know. <laughs> Well, the Batgirl thing straight out of the Damian series, like they that's straight from the Batman Damian series show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that movie kind of takes place in both worlds. It's both it's both a one off and a continuation of the animated series because they have the same actors mm-hmm. and stuff. But it's not very good. It's you know? not very good. It's I was not right. a fan of it. I don't know, I, I, but I'm also not a fan of the Killing Joke either. There's the book. There's, I mean, I love the artwork. The artwork's fantastic. I just don't really care for the story. I know what it tells. But not the what part of the story did you not like? Uh, just. It just it doesn't really go anywhere. Like it, it's like it's very short. It's very. I mean, it's only a forty-eight page story, and it doesn't really. Yeah. I mean, it has no purpose. Right? It has no. There's no. I mean, the killing joke at the end leaves you with a page of like what. It kind of retells the, the origin of the Joker, doesn't it? Yeah, it tells an origin of the Joker, and it tells like it was like it's, it's like an origin death of Joker in forty-eight pages. It's kind of built around, um, you know, Jim Gordon being tortured and Barbara Gordon being shot and how do you break a man, you know, kind of thing. But it's, it's, I feel like it's, it's just, it's too short to actually be something. Yeah. Hmm. I think they're overdoing when it comes to animated movies. I think they're overdoing Batman. He's in everything. It's like, when oh, do Batman's you like, the put him on the shelf for a little everything. bit? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I have to admit the, the, like, if, if I had to pick like, you know, my, my favorites from like, you know, from the old, like, you know, DC animated, I mean, you know, I mean, Batman Beyond was definitely was definitely on there. I thought they did a marvelous job with that. But Justice League Unlimited stands stands as my like as my top because, you know, 
it was an ensemble cast. They they fleshed out a, a ton of the characters and like you know, and it wasn't just. I hate to say I, I after a while I get tired of Batman's Rogues Gallery. I can only watch Joker, Riddle, Penguin, all those guys. I can only watch them so much. Right. Well, they need to they need to dial back on the Joker some because like he's in. I seem like he's in everything and and like I like the Joker, but I also think the Joker is better better best used when he's in the background and not not so you know, up front. I mean, even on the animated series, they didn't use him all the time. They went through a lot of, a lot of the rogues gallery there, the animated series. And <clears throat> one of the things I liked about justice League and just Unlimited, like you mentioned is that, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't all Batman. There's was, there's was a huge cast of characters in those. And DC has a tendency to fall on Batman as if they can't tell a story without Batman being in it somehow. Like even when they did, um, was it the original justice League dark movie has, you know, stars starring Batman for some reason. And it's just like, doesn't make, sense to me why they can't do stories without Batman. I mean, I mean if you look at the comic books, they were, they were doing new 52. There was like eight Batman books a month coming out or more. And it was plus one shots plus miniseries, And even now there's like tons coming out. And I think even worse that bothers me is Batman always has to be their infallible character. They're like, you know, they're, they're no matter what I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to win character. And that annoys me. Like I, I, I've got to be perfectly honest, you know, considering Batman's okay. Yeah. He's a billionaire, but he's like essentially a normal guy and stuff. I would actually, it would crack me up to see a story where where one of the mega lick heroes, like like say Green Lantern, finally says, you know, I'm going to go and clean up Gotham Gotham City. Does a really good job of it, and you just want essentially wind up with like Batman just sitting there all bitter and pissed off because he because like <laughs> I hate to say it because like a, a real superhero came in and basically just cleaned it up. <laughs> right. Well, imagine like the Flash running through Gotham and just say, oh, I'll, I'll take care of this real quick for you, and it's all cleaned up because yeah, it's Batman can only do you know one at a time yeah. pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure I just pissed off a whole bunch of Batman fans by saying, "Yeah, I have a real superhero coming," but like you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> if you- Batman's so overrated, I, I I love Batman as a concept. I love the Bat. I love there's Batman stories that are just really really great. And I love them. You know, I love a lot of the Batman movies. They're really good. But like it, it's it's the same, it's the same with like Rick and Morty, right? Like I love Batman. I love Batman stories, and I love Rick and Morty. But I hate their fans. Like I don't <laughs> want to tell people that I like Rick and Morty because I don't want to be associated with being that talk to- that you know that toxic for lack of a better word fandom of a bunch of douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> what what makes what makes Rick and Morty fan ba- fanboys <laughs> douchebags? Dude, just go to a convention, tell somebody like Rick and Morty, and then hear hear them talk about pickle Rick for twenty five minutes with you. <laughs> it's fucking annoying. <laughs> And it's the same well, as Batman. Oh, well, Batman. Batman could be anyone if he's prepared. Batman's always prepared. He could be anybody. He could he could totally beat a guy who can run faster than the speed of sound and the speed of light. He can totally beat anybody. No, he fucking can't. Like Flash or Superman right. or Wonder Woman right. or any of those superheroes, all they do is they fucking flick him with their pinky yeah. and Batman's fucking yeah. disintegrated. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, but there is there is no <laughs> conceivable, you know, and I know it's been written in comic book form, but I'm sorry, there is no conceivable, like, you know, scenario that Batman beats Darkseid. <laughs> No, there's not. <laughs> right. <laughs> or Superman. Or Wonder Woman. <laughs> or literally any powered hero or villain. <laughs> I think, so I, I, I love, you know, I, of course, it's hard not to like Batman as a concept and what he does. And his the look is so iconic and the, you know, and the, the insignia, all of it just kind of works, you know, where you're like, okay, that's that's really cool. But now that we're all talking about it, I kind of feel like in my head is, is he just really, really popular because he's a white boy in a ninja suit, and it's a way to get him in a ninja suit? Well, if you think about it, like Batman is technically 
he he is technically the like you know the the hero in all of those billionaire romances, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, Bat- Batman is kind of. I, I guess he's po- probably popular, at least in my opinion, because he is that ultimate thing to aspire to. Where okay, he's rich, he's good looking, he's smooth, smooth. Oh, and he's also a superhero. <laughs> I mean that that is just that is the ultimate like the, the ultimate guy goal right th- right there. So I can kind of understand like I can kind of understand right. the popularity for th- escapism, um, but at the same time it also gets a little silly. Like you know you guys have seen that meme out there. It's like it's like what would you do tomorrow if you were if you woke up as uh, as as Superman? Go back to sleep and hope I woke up as Batman. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> right. No, you wouldn't at all. <laughs> Yeah, Batman's kind of like the nth degree of the of Bond. Yeah. Even though he was before Bond, actually, now that I think about it. Like maybe Bond was is the knockoff of Batman. That'll piss people off. <laughs> <laughs> like I had to say I kind of like seeing Batman knock down a peg every so often just because like 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 even in like, you know, like as awesome as Justice League Unlimited was, just the whole okay, everybody's getting along, everybody's getting along. Oh, and then there's Batman acting like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's always got to be the uh, he's this consummate dick. <laughs> it's funny too because he actually it, it always makes me laugh because like Johnny was saying, like any super powered human would kick the shit out of him, but he always acts like his way is the best way and that he knows everything that's going on. But it's like, dude, you're like the weakest link out of all everybody here. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's true, and and the thing is, nobody really makes fun of that. I mean, uh, like one of my favorite one of my favorite things on the internet used to be uh, SeanBaby.com, and how he used to he used to just mercilessly yeah. rag on guys like Hawkman and like you know an Aquaman. But the reality the reality is. Batman kind of deserves that same thing thing too. It's like, oh, there's a meteor, there's a meteor headed for Earth. Quick, I'll go, I'll go stop it with the bat plane. <laughs> what are you gonna do with the bat plane? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah, it's kind of funny. I don't know. I think they need to put Batman on the shelf for like a year. You know, you know, and just stop using him in everything because people are gonna get. Eventually, some people are going to get burnt out. It's already starting to happen. Like our conversation right here is showing you, it's starting to happen. People are getting burnt out. On I it. will admit, I'm not sure if I'm ever going to if if it's going to go anywhere or not. But I actually have a, an outline started for uh, for one of the Authors and Dragon Shingles books that actually is kind of just a mock up of like what we've been talking about of like yeah. you know of a character like you know like Batman essentially knocked down a peg. Um, I'm still working. I'm still working. I really don't have much of a plot nice. other than beyond that. <laughs> but I would actually love to yeah. write, love to write that so- story. <laughs> That would be funny. You should. That'd be funny. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I'm, I'm, following, I'm reading the list with you. And I'm like, he just said Leah. Leah. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's how it's fun. And we're back. I said Leah. Yep. Yep. That was fun. Leah, Leah's spacewalk. Leah's spacewalk was the best spacewalk ever. <laughs> Oh man, and you know what's funny is you read off the list, but you only read half the list of the shit we talked about. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it gets. Well, you just you just heard. Yeah, you just was... heard. We talked a lot about video games and and D and D and yep the Roll yep. Twenty website, which I've actually signed up for that site because uh, we, talk- we keep talking about doing D and D, and I just watched the D and D community, which makes me want to play D and D even more. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, Rick was awesome. Uh, I can't wait to have him back on again. I, like we we tease him in the in the episode. Like we just have Wednesdays with Rick. Yeah. You know, be fun. Because, yeah. It, it, the funny thing with Rick is that he's just he's a lot like us. Yeah. So he just kind of fits in. <laughs> a giant nerd. Yeah. Yeah, a giant nerd. I <laughs> uh, love the guy. All right. I think that's a show. That's a show. Yeah. Hey, man. In Oceans of Podcast, we are Cthulhu. As Cthulhu compels you to do, open the mind and read more. I am. I'm still got morning voice. Yeah. <laughs> that was like shit. All right, man. Yeah.